Hello, and welcome back to No Screaming, episode 20. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we're talking about the Turkish horror movie Baskin. Baskin in that horror. Yeah. Straight Baskin. It is from 2015, like so damn many of our... (laughs) Netflix is obsessed with 2015 horror movies. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, It was directed by Can Evernall. It's another directorial debut. Oh, wow. I guess the question on everyone's mind is, can Evernall make a good movie? Can he? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think he has. (laughs) Oh, ouch. Let's get that out of the way up front. Oh, boy. I didn't know that you felt that strongly about it. Uh, I didn't like this one. What did I get? What rating did I give this? Do you remember? Was it two star? I don't know. It was two. This This is a two star movie for me. So, Baskin refers not to the popular ice cream founder i don't know it i assume a, i assume baskin and robbins are the two people who founded baskin I don't robbins know. i've never thought about it before i would assume so all right well it's not that guy no it's it, a turkish word it's a, it, it means raid as mm-hmm. well as some other things we could talk about those you want to talk about it now why don't we tie back into that okay. uh, when we talk about the movie okay yeah but the i think the direct it's translation raid. is raid which is odd. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think the reason I went and looked up other definitions is because I didn't like... It didn't connect to me, It's you know? what's happening in the movie, kind of. From the point of view of who? It's a police raid. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Trivia tidbit. I believe that the reason they didn't translate it and it was just distributed as Baskin is because of the Indonesian action movie, The Raid, and they The Raid Redemption. confused with that, yeah. yeah. Too similar. It's its own thing. According to Wikipedia, this is only the eighth Turkish film ever released in the U.S., and that sounds strange to me. I saw that too, yeah. I don't know that I believe that. Have you ever seen a Turkish film before? I don't think so. I've seen one. What is it? It's called Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. I haven't seen that. It was boring as shit. (laughs) Oh, no. It was, you know, it was an art house film that was, like, going around in my circles when it came out in, like, 2012, probably. No, I don't think I've ever seen one before, because I can't... I was surprised at how Turkish sounds. Mm-hmm. I, my best friend when I was younger, um, when I lived in North Carolina, was Turkish, and her family were, like, first generation, and they um, spoke Turkish around her and around me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't remember it, and I was very surprised how, like, much it reminded me of French. Mm-hmm. It was just a note. I mean, I, I don't know what I was expecting Turkish to sound like, but it sounds Russian, but there's also something very French in it, and it was very... I thought it was very pleasing. I would often mm-hmm. just kind of stop looking at the subtitles and just listen to them and it was probably better than reading the subtitles (laughs) i wish uh i wish this movie was as pleasant as the language is yeah because it's not it's not it's very very unpleasant good old baskin this doesn't really have much of a plot this movie i mean it does but it's also a lot of wandering around i don't think it has any plot i (laughs) think that's why i really didn't like it um well it has Here's what I was going to say about the plot that I think is very interesting. We want to start doing that right now. Um, it, there's no normal of this movie. Yeah. I think that like what we really, what's usual and necessary maybe for most horror movies is establishing, do you know what that's called in the arc? There's a, there's a word that's like establishing like the rules of this world. Like what's normal for these people mm-hmm. so that by the time the thing comes along, whether it's like the supernatural thing or just any old inciting incident, we understand the difference of right. what we have been placed into. And that movie doesn't really do this. No. Right? We we begin with these 
five cops. No, we begin with the flashback sequence. Right, but we find out later that that's not really part of their plot, right? In- inherently, it's the story of these five cops, and they. but we never know where they come from. The place we first see them in, they're already somewhere terrible, right? right. Like, they're never... We never see them palling around in... Normal what, cop life. The real world. Like, yeah. from the time they show up in this cafe, like, this cafe is already part of some fucked up organization. And I actually think that's a big problem with this movie, is that it doesn't give us a baseline, and I think that it's it's trying to. I think the stuff that happens in the last two-thirds of this movie that's supposed to be really surreal to them and confusing doesn't work as contrast, because I don't, th- I don't think it's no, a matter totally of like. Right. I think it's ineffective filmmaking because we're we start off in this very like visceral all the all the surreal all the choices world everything's very all the choices always. are so like off putting yeah that when we get into the really fucked up stuff right um we haven't we don't have enough distance from it's it. the the ending stuff is more fucked up than the beginning stuff but you're yeah. totally right in that like so so let's like let's give a basic plot background on this for the listener and mm-hmm. then we can sort of get into the fumble our way yeah. through so basically i mean if we're going at the total high level barest like bones plot we possibly can five cops part of the same team they stumble into a hellscape of cult members they get they get called in to a neighborhood they don't want to go to yeah in josh in josh in josh that's what it's called it's like I N C E A G A C, but that's pronounced. They pronounce it like Injosh. All right. But they're like, we don't want to go there. It's a bad place. They've all heard stories from when they were children about how terrible it is. Yeah. They go, and it's 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 impossible to say when they enter this place. It's imp- okay. Let's just <laughs> we keep dancing around like yeah okay because it's not clear. Let's but let's let's get this out of the way. I don't know what the fuck is happening in this movie. Yeah, it's fair. I I barely could keep the character straight, which is a separate issue. We'll talk. But then, like, on top of that, this is a... I guess it's trying to be a surrealist film. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, between in Between the, like, shot selection and the, like, complete lack of plot. Like, things happen, but there's no driving mechanism. An entire, an entire section of this movie is, like they're on this police raid to this house and they're stumbling through rooms of the house uncovering new horrors new horrors like it comes to more of a plot it's i think it's less that this movie doesn't have a plot it's more that it doesn't have a conceit because here's the here's another problem also i was on wikipedia because i was looking up um, a part of the plot that i didn't understand and i was on wikipedia and the first thing you see if you're reading it is five police officers like stumble into hell yeah so that's what i was expecting was literal hell which makes sense because when they're going from room to room it's not like your normal version of of horror haunted houses you know it's more it's more like hell it's more like demons like raping each other and cutting in like cutting each other up and chains dangling and it's it's more what you'd imagine for hell but then when you get to a certain point in the movie it becomes more like it's like a cult thing yeah. And they're they're members of a cult and they're worshiping a leader and he's not the devil, he's like he's a cult leader. So then that gets very confusing like but the, but it is still supernatural. There's still the supernatural element See, to it. See, I was it. confused by that. I didn't I thought he was the king of hell. I don't think so. I don't I, I this is this is what I'm confused about. I, I do they say his name in the movie? 
I don't remember it, but he has a name. His name is Baba. Yes. It's mean father. Which we which just... We, so funny. We just talked about that. Um, he's, he's the Babatook. Um, so I... But, that made me feel like he was more like the father than the king. You know what I mean? Maybe that, he's the he was, father of hell. I guess, but that makes it makes me feel more like also in Wikipedia it says that they're cult members. I'm just, you know, sorry. I I think this one person <laughs> wrote this because if you also look on Wikipedia, uh, it also says this is an unnecessarily detailed fucking description. That it sh- is somebody like wrote the whole. Well, that's what I'm saying. Out. So this might be yeah. this person's interpretation of this movie. Do not trust it. That's like, fair. Wholeheartedly. This was on. This was on um, IMDb though. I'm to be this as their cult members. I don't care. I don't. It's confusing. It's that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's true. I'm saying that it's. I have no fucking clue. We what's don't this know movie. what's happening. Whether or not they're really in hell, or whether or not it's like. Listen. The only thing I know for sure is that there are five cops. <laughs> they get called into a, a, right, na- yeah. a neighborhood they don't want to go to. Uh-huh. They go into a house. Bad stuff happens to them. One of them gets out. That's it. Yes. There's other stuff that I, I could describe, but I don't know if it happens or not. I don't know if yes. what relationship it has to reality. And it, that's the problem to it. It also is supernatural. It can't just be the cult, right? Right. No, not at all. Right. That's it, what I'm saying. It has to be like there's time loop elements. There's uh, that one unbelievably surreal shot of when they get into the car accident and he's in the water and the hands are re- like it's all there's a lot going on. Basically, what we're saying is we don't know what's going on in this movie like so forgive us as we try to talk about yeah what's happening because i don't it's fucking know yeah. um can we talk about the surrealist stuff first do you want to do your characters first real quick just to clear it up for you so we can talk about people let's talk about these characters who are these men okay there is five of them yes so we've got arda he's the young handsome new guy uh yeah. he um he, he can't be that new because they have a picture of all of them together in the yeah. truck we keep seeing so but he's new enough He's the youngest. He's the only one that I am sure because he is the main character. He's the one who I like. We follow him the most closely. He's clean shaven. He's handsome. Mm-hmm. He has emotions. He does have emotions. And he's, we see his flashback twice. So yeah. we have some concept of him as like as a child. I guess. His, like, um, the, bo- the boss of this uh group. Squad. Squad. I guess. <laughs> squad leader. Is Boss Remzi. Baskin leader standing by. Baskin leader. He is uh, Arda's, not just his mentor, he's his guardian as well. He was, he like took over the care of him when he was a child. But he's an adult. They're all adults. Yeah, but he he raised him. He like, he's like, I promised your uncle that I would do well by you or whatever. You know, like he, that's his thing. Then we've got Safi, who is the driver. I don't know if he's actually a cop or not, but he's like... He drives the truck, and they make fun of him relentlessly. And for the first half hour of the movie, he's just staring off into space with a headache. He's very confused. He's, like, not doing anything. Then there's Apo, who is the... Uh, I don't know what else to describe. He has a mustache, and he's the second... He seems to be, like, the other old guy. The rest of them are still youngish. Apo is, like, old, and he has, like, a beer belly, and he's, like... Sing- he's always singing, and he's, like, j- he's jovial, you know? Yeah. Then there's Yavuz, who is the biggest piece of shit. Well, we haven't talked about on this. They're planet. all fucking garbage. They're all horrible. Well, they're all I police. Hate them. Yeah. I hate like... them. No, no. You no, hate no. Arda too? I fucking hate Arda. Oh, wow. I hate every single Arda. The first thing he's talking about is like brothels and shit. He's talking about fucking chickens too. Okay, so the first conversation <laughs> we got to the... talk about this to set up why these people are so abhorrent. The 
One of the first lines of this movie is 70% of all Turkish men lose their virginity by fucking an animal because they're debating on whether or not one of them has fucked a chicken. Oppo, yeah. I don't care which one. It doesn't okay, matter. Okay, sorry. The most important thing is that, like, they're having this discussion. It's disgusting, but it's it's like a male discussion of, like, oh, how did you lose your virginity? And he's like, no, my friend's just me to a brothel. Like, that's artist thing. He's like, you know, we just did the normal thing. Uh, ridiculous, but normal. He's also the one who talks about his religion teacher and, like, fucking anally and, like, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. That is him. That's it's not bad though. It's just it's weird, but it's not. It doesn't make him a piece of shit. Stop the way that, being an art apologist. Anyway, the worst person in this group is Yavuz because he tells a horrible transphobic story. It's very long. It's very long and it's, involved. It's it's what causes like what maybe is the inciting incident of this movie, which is the fight. Yeah. Um, which is that he's telling the story about how he like picked up a sex worker and then she was a man the weird thing that i was finding out about it is that he was like using the correct pronouns for her he was like no she like was the was a man or she like had a dick and she was doing all these things and it was fine and then the other guy the waiter suggests that he's gay and that's when he gets really mad yep it's it's so twisted and homophobic and transphobic and fucked up. So they just beat the shit out of this waiter. Yeah, because they're cops and like that's what they have to do. And he even says that he's like, it's too bad that you're cops or else I, you know, kick you out of here. And they're like, what'd you say about us? And then they beat the shit out of him. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, Safi tripping balls is in the bathroom. He sees a hooded figure. I don't know if he even sees the hooded figure behind him, but there's a hooded figure behind him, and he just screams. There's frog too. There's a frog. It's a, it's there's a lot going on. But then he's like totally out of it for the rest of the night i don't even know where to go from here that's they, they get in the van and they get the call oh, that's really it like, yeah i mean the interesting thing about this is when i was like okay this movie's setting up something that's really unpleasant because the hooded figure we've see, we see it once before which is that it brings a bucket of meat to the kitchen of this restaurant and all of this fight sequence and them like helping Safi is interspersed in between whoever's in the kitchen like pulling out this meat out of the bucket cutting it and then frying it on the yeah. grill and it's just it's, meat it's is it it is just meat it's just it's shot very i agree it's very like visceral it's very bloody are we like, sure it's not human meat what why would we think that because it's the hooded figure and he oh like you mean at the time yeah oh yes at the time well i thought it was like i was like a hooded figure is bringing you a bucket of meat it's probably like something gross I guess. Like, where are you sourcing this meat from? Like, there's no way that's, like, good meat. But it's... But, yes. But then the sizzling of it and the cutting of it, it's done in such a way that it's really horrifying and visceral and It's very gross, but it's it's just cooking. That's what what I'm saying is good about it. That's that's, that's something that I set up about this movie that's, like... Sure, it it made it unpleasant, even though it was not... There was nothing objectively unpleasant about it in that moment. So then they get in the van. There's an extended fucking dance sequence. I... That was so silly. I was like, it was like their police, like theme song. Yeah, and it's they... essentially like picture like police in America singing a song about the police coming to, like raid your house. Like yeah. that was essentially what it was. It was like here comes the patrol, and they're singing it like it's their goddamn theme song. They and were I was so like, happy. Shut up. It's a. It's all. I don't know how to describe the music. It's like, it's kind of eighties, but it's a little like a uh, clubbier. And it's um, got and it's got like a Turkish sound to it it's not doesn't it does what's a turkish sound um that it's got an instrument that's like specifically i think of being asian i want to like <sighs> i don't even know how to go from here 
They get the call and then they go to this house. Okay, they get the call. Right. They hit so a we person. So we can be done with plot. I mean, they like, go we can talk the, about other yeah, things. Okay, 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 okay. We can revisit the plot as we, like, discuss this. But I want to talk about the surrealist aspect of this movie. Me too. Because I think that it opens with, like, a dreamy sequence of, like, a boy... And he goes and turns off the TV, and then there's a hand reaching out for him, and he's scared, and we don't really know what's going on. It's clearer than that, but it doesn't matter. Um, and my first thought was that it's very uh, Dario Argento, um, Suspiria, like kind of like um, Giallo movie because of the there's like very bright colors and they're very harsh, and the way things are framed. And I was like, oh, this could be interesting. Then it gets so weird mm-hmm. and so I don't know, but. <laughs> To get this out of the way, this is fucking Turkish Hellraiser. That's all this is. Yeah, is they wanted a I think fucking it's exactly like Hellraiser. Turkish version of let's inflict as much like pain, trauma, gore. Yeah, yeah. it's overwhelming. Yes. Um, I thought that my thought when the movie started is it the theme that they're using is very seventies, eighties, like familiar. It's like it's got like synth and it's very yeah. like. It reminded me of, like, the theme for Halloween. The movie's not like Halloween, but yeah. it reminded me of the theme for Halloween, the theme for Nightmare. That's it, what it really called it does to have, mind. It, the movie does have, like, a retro feel to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it felt like it was made in 2015 at all. No, it, it does have a retro... It's, it's pretty shiny. Um, yeah. It, it has a retro feel to it. I think that, like... The other thing it made me think of, especially when they're, like, wandering through the house, is that it's, like, Silent Hill. Um, like the video game mm-hmm. because we are just wandering from room to room seeing unspeakable horrors and like there's yeah. no reason for them to be there other than to fill out this world and make these mm-hmm. characters miserable um yes well it does feel like torture and we in also a lot of ways we also just don't know what's going on and there's no reason for us to run into things and like that sort of defamiliarization is part of silent hill and it's actually what makes the first three silent hill games really great mm-hmm. um watching it here is not great what it reminded me of and I'll, I'll because it's not scary right uh, no. It's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and, and unpleasant. Um, what it reminded me of uh, was this, uh, I'm, uh, you, you'll you know what I'm talking about, but I'll explain it for listeners, this um, like theatrical experience called Sleep No More, where you, it's 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 theater, but you're wandering from room to room. And the thing that I found so interesting is one of the reasons, that, and Sleep No More has things that are horrific like this. There is a scene in which like you're in the basement and it's like hell and lights are flashing and it's very horrifying. And there's like scenes where people are like killing each other and there's blood and there's like blood in the water and there's this uncomfortable like hospital setting and it can it can get really horrific uh, if you're in the right place at the right time to see it. But the thing that makes Sleep No More so interesting is it's interspersed with uh, scenes of like real beauty. And I think that's kind of like what this movie was missing. I think that's what could have really balanced out all this horror is like if in those scenes where Arda and Boss Resmi are talking or Remzi yeah, Ramsey are talking to each other. If those had been more beautiful and pleasant, there might have been more of an interesting juxtaposition they could have played with. But it didn't sure. do that. That's one way to do it. I think the other way to do this kind of like... I keep calling it surrealism, but I don't want to give it that kind of credit. Because uh, I think surrealism, done right, needs to embrace levity. And there is not a light moment in this movie except for their dance scene. Yeah, you're right. Where they're like they're drawing a dick on the wall and stuff, and even that I didn't find pleasant. In it's the window, su- it's supposed to be fun. I didn't find it very fun because I was I just hate these guys. Yeah, but like it's only fun if you believe in their friendship. A horror movie that I love that is the same kind of like as you're watching things happen on screen, you don't know how they're connected to what you saw before, and it is very de- defamiliarizing and 
surreal and supernatural is um, Obayashi's Haosu from oh. 1977 mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies of all time and is similarly like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Very surreal. But, but super light. It's so fun. So fun. It, it's, it embraces like trying to be a horror movie, but also like knows that you have to take some of the... There, like, there are very yeah. horrific elements of that movie, but it yeah. is, when I think about it, I think about the colors and the joy and all of the fun aspects of it. But even back to Salvador Dali and Louis Bunuel, like, surrealism has at least a smirk to it. And that's this why, movie is so serious. That's why the only moment I think I can think of that I genuinely find surreal in a fun way is um, when they're they're almost tooing Josh. They've gotten the call. They're, like, on their way there, and they get into a car accident because they hit some mysterious bloody figure. Uh, sound familiar from last week's episode? It's the same thing. Um, they crash into the water, and there's this kind of long scene of Arda in the water, and these he's, like, normal-sized, and then these giant hands come out of the water, and he kind of, like, reaches for them. And we never get an explanation for what this is. There isn't really any aspect of it that's, like, metaphorical even for the movie. Um, but I found it beautiful. And I found it, like, it wasn't it wasn't levity in, in a fun way, but it was levity in, like, a suspension of the horror of this was, movie kind of way. It was a brief reprieve from yes. the nightmarish. Like- exactly. And it was very beautiful, and it was interesting, and I took a picture of it because I thought it was such a great shot. So... I liked certain aspects of the cinematography of this movie a lot. Yeah. I keep thinking of other, like, movies that I could be like, oh, this is how you do this better. There's a French <laughs> film called Holy Motors that I really love that's like... Yes, this movie could be done better. We all agree. Yeah. I wrote this down, too. I think that this movie needs a backbone in order to do what it's doing. I agree. Um, so, like, let's sort of, like, from this scene in the water, we don't really know what happens. They hit someone. Yes. And they like pump Kareen off into into the water. Into the water. It's a it's a shallow water. Yeah. They don't like the truck doesn't sink. It just sort of sits there in the water. But then they're immediately in another restaurant. Like that's what it cuts to. Is them in the second oh, restaurant? The second restaurant. Yeah. Yes. But that here, I would. I don't even know how to how to phrase this at all. Those scenes were the most interesting to me when he was with. Uh, it's just Arda. At first, it's you see all five of, of them. them. It's the two assholes. Apo and Yavuz watching television. Safi is still Safi staring is off staring, has a headache. And uh, Arda and Ramsey are sharing a story about Arda's, like, he. it's it's the story from the beginning of the movie about how when his, his friend and him were like, what were they doing? They had some situation where he was like, if one of us dies, we come back and warn the other by not scaring them. Like, that's what we have to do. And then he has a dream where he, like, sees his friend, and his friend is by, is in the room, and he goes to see him, but he's but he is scared. And when he wakes up, he finds out that his friend has actually died. So, like, that's the story. Yeah. But then it turns really – and you and I don't know what I was thinking. I thought maybe it was another flashback. It turns it turns extremely surreal, and Remzi is like, we're the only ones in here, and you see behind him the same hooded figure we've been seeing. Is that also when, like, the blood starts running – from the ceiling and his yes, hands. But it was I wasn't sure that it was blood yet. I thought that it was just black water oh. from being I think in the water. I, it it becomes blood later. Anyway, an ocean of blood envelops the restaurant. Yes, but then he gets pulled out of the water. Yes. So but so we it might be a dream, it might be a flashback, we don't know. It turns out kind of to be like a flash forward. Yeah. Right? I guess. It's the time thing again. We've we're stuck again in this like weird time loop. And so 
that keeps happening throughout the movie yes because this is this is again like i got chills at this part chills yes the one chill i got from this movie um because maybe just because it reminded me how much i loved mind games but like uh there's this moment where let's just say it by the end of this movie everybody is dead like that's the that's what we're operating on. except maybe arda no he is because of the time loop okay so (sighs) he's schrodinger's he's always dead and alive exactly so it, we keep intermittently flashing into this restaurant with just Schrodinger's Arda. pedestrian. <laughs> um, and uh, he and Ramsey are... If you've seen this movie, Schrodinger's pedestrian is a very funny joke. I just want you to know it I'm proud of myself. very funny and true. So Arda <laughs> and Ramsey are in this restaurant. And uh, after the final scene where Ramsey dies and Arda is still alive, they're in this restaurant together and... Remzi says to him, whoever dies first will appear to the other without scaring him. And you realize that's what these scenes have been. It's been Remzi, after he's dead, appearing to Arda in this restaurant to, like, slowly tell him that he's dead without scaring him. But when does Arda... What hap- where does that fit in the timeline? I don't know. Because then what happens is... After Arda escapes from the hell of Injosh, he runs into the road and gets hit by their van. So like that he's in that, that he's leads yes, him into the water. Yes. He's simultaneously in the van and on the road and on the road, just like in my games. It's the it's same like thing. My games. And so then, of course, it starts over because then they hit him and then they go into the water and then they walk to Injosh again. And go to, yeah. And they go back to hell. So like they are in this time loop, and so somehow. Remzi has broken out of the time loop in order to did come he break the cycle. He did break the cycle. <laughs> this is the first time written on the car window instead uh. of the penis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mind games forever. So yeah, that was, that was probably like my favorite part of this movie was just the, like the time loop aspect. Clearly I just want all movies to be time loops now. Um, Do you actually think this was a good time loop? Because I think it's a fucking waste of time. No, no, because obviously we the movie we watched last week was an excellent version of a time loop where it's like there's a lot of stuff leading up to it. Well, also, I think a time loop is so incidental to this movie because it, it's only it revealed is, at the end. It is. And the, it's just it's just really in this these moments with Remzi and Arda. You hate all of them. I don't mind Remzi and Arda. They participate in the toxic masculinity of their peers, but they don't actively contribute to it. And I, I don't have enough room to hate everyone when I hate Yavos so much. Fair That's enough. the issue. Like... I was thinking so much about it because last week we were just like, Lex is the worst. Lex sucks. He's so terrible. Lex is a fucking angel compared to Yavuz. Yavuz, he, oh God, he's practically evil. When he died, I was like, hurrah. Yeah. And he has the most horrific death, death, like long situation leading up to his death. So like, I literally wrote down, you fucking deserve it, Yavuz. So like, I don't care. When, when Lex died last week, I felt the tiniest bit of sadness and remorse this i was like literally kill him baba like take him down do you want to talk about act two into act three sure so when they're in injash the thing that they're doing is walking through a house we alluded yeah, to this got flashlights they do kind of cool things with the flashlights yeah um they, I wrote find, down too, they find a stray cop they find a cop who's dead i don't understand how they don't know that he's got a bullet hole in the middle of his head um, and they're like, oh, where's your patrol? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. he does not speak. He's been banging his head against the wall for dead. like um, probably weeks. <laughs> and so they're just stumbling through him seeing horrible shit go on. Like I said, 
I wrote people down having sex with bags over their heads. I wrote down mutilated cow question mark. Some sexual nonsense with meat hooks question mark. <laughs> Guy gets hammered in the head. Arda runs into his childhood self. Cut back to the restaurant. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Arda keeps like winding up in his old house too, where he sees his old self. But in 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 the second flashback, he sees the hooded figure reaching out from the door and yank yanking yeah. him in. So the hooded figure is making lots of cameos now. And then the third act, what I'm calling the third act, mm-hmm. is we're in hell or the basement of this house or which is possibly hell or maybe just a cult. Wherever the fuck we are. Well, there's lots of like dirty people crawling all over each other at like an altar kind of sort of thing. Like and then there's um I didn't write down his name, but he's like I think he's called the Master Creep. They have names? Yes. There's Baba, uh Mother Butcher and uh Master Creep. You paid way more attention during this than I No, did. they don't say their names. It's it. it's on IMDb. Um and on, Baba, and on okay. Wikipedia. Baba's the head honcho. Well, he doesn't come in yet. Can we talk about the first two first? Do we see these two? There's, yeah. There's a chronology um, here? We don't see Mother Butcher until after. Mother Butcher is who um, Safey has sex with. Not Safey. Safey's dead. Yavos has sex with. That's Mother Butcher. Okay. We'll get to her. We see they're all tied up. They're like chained up. They're chained up. To the wall. Safey is dead at this point, so it's just the four of them. And Apo is the one who got clubbed over the head so he's unconscious, but he's also, like, probably practically dead. I don't know how he's not dead. I, I know. They, they stitch him up, right? They yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah. So they've already cut him open and stitched him back up again. And then the other three are just, like, screaming. Does this sound like Hellraiser to anyone? Yeah, exactly. And it is, like, very hellish. Um, Master Creep is wearing, like, his one eye, like, one eye covered, and he has straw coming out of his head. Does this sound familiar? He's kind of running around, like, he's very, um, who's that character in Rocker Horror Picture Show? Rocky? No. The creepy one. They're all creepy. No, the super creepy one. Riff Raff? Yes. He's kind of Riff Raff-esque to me. He has like the hair and he's very pale and he's called Master Creep. He's supposed to kind of be like he's a creeping. servant, I he's think. He's creeping you like know? a master. He's, he is the master creep. Um, Then Baba comes in. Baba's the Baba Wait, is the what? hooded figure. Yavuz screams, I wrote this down, how dare you chain the police, you bastard. Does he really say yeah. that? How dare you chain oh the police. God. I want to talk about Baba, who I wrote down as Demon King Dude. Yeah. He looks like Wallace Shawn from uh, My Dinner with Andre and um, Princess Bride, the inconceivable guy. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixed with that yellow bastard from Sin City. He I don't is. Know who that is. Well, go see Sin City, or don't. It's a waste of your time. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I want to do that. No. Uh, but that's what he looks like for the listeners who know what that looks like. He's just bald and he's got crinkly fucking face and mm-hmm. he's nasty looking. That's his real face, you know. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's fucking not. Yes, it is. I feel so bad now. I know. I had to tell you before you kept going on and on about how horrifying he is. (laughs) That's his real face. He has, like, facial deformities. This is his first movie. That's fucked up. They just cast a dude with facial deformities. I I fucking know. Because that was my problem watching the whole thing was, like, not only he's got a really crinkly face, he's got big lips, he's very small, but, like, super muscular. The and he's got a movie, very deep voice. The effects of this movie are quite good for what they're trying to do. They're just real gruesome and, like, realistic. Uh-huh. Hacked up bloody bodies. Sure. They couldn't fucking do some fucking prosthetics. They had to go find a dude with a messed up face. I genuinely have no idea. There was no information on this. He won, like, an award for it, I'm pretty sure. Or he was, like, heavily lauded for doing what? this. But I don't under I, I agree with you. I don't understand it. Because, like... I felt horrifying because you are supposed to be afraid of him. He is supposed to be scary. It's not like, 
you're supposed to feel like, oh, what a nice thing that this character like has facial deformities and is still so blank. Well, no, he is he is the demon king. Well, I don't want to. Let's not make fun of a person with uh, facial deformities, but he looks whack as hell. He I'm, just, like, yeah, I'm he, not making fun of him. He's supposed to be scary. Yeah. He's got and he's, he's very small and bald, but he's got a very low voice. So he like he looks almost childish in some way, but then he like has this very deep manly voice but you know he's just terrifying he's just pinhead like that's the that's yeah. the, the purpose that he serves is pinhead yeah he doesn't look like pinhead he, he, he just not. is yeah. pinhead in this movie i fully agree this is when it gets like this part is especially like so hellraiser it's horrible uh, this is why i like well, had my hand up in front of the screen so i didn't have to watch what was happening we also this is the important the crux of the where are we question is he says hell is not a place you go you carry hell with you at all times. You carry it inside you. Right. Is he talking about real hell or is he talking about proverbial hell? I think he's talking about real hell. I think it's the way that I pictured it is that it's like Hellraiser. Um, in that like the Cenobites are in a dimension right next door to ours. Mm-hmm. And like if you if there's a way in, then you're there. You know, like That's true. They're, they're always there. And so for that franchise, it's the puzzle box. Here right. maybe it's Ian Josh, maybe it's like right. something to do with this, like mm-hmm. No, I but think it does I, exist in the real world. It's not like they got transported to hell. Yes, I think that they're I like. Hear you. This is like where the um, lines overlap, or something like that. Yeah, where the dimensions meet. Yeah. That's interesting. It feels too horrifying to be the real world when they're walking from room to room and everyone's like having sex and chopping each other up. It just it's it feels like too much yeah. to be like just a house of horrors. You know, I don't know. I just feel like I've never seen anything like that in a horror movie in terms of like, this is just a cult. Have you seen any Rob Zombie movies? <laughs> no, I actually, I have. Well, uh, it's sort of like that. I mean, it's sort of like Silent Hill, which is a horror game. Yeah. Um, but Baba does some horrible shit to them. He rips out Uppo's intestines. He he cuts out. He seems to be looking for something, right? Isn't that kind of what he's doing? He's he like looking for someone to like join their ranks. To join I their think. ranks. So he's looking for someone who can handle it what he says he's uh i didn't really write down the quote but it's something effective like um the human soul is like inherently corrupt and it's looking for new masters and like that's what it's in search of he has like a whole monologue about right and it's something about like like pinhead he doesn't shut the fuck up right he's always talking (laughs) isn't it something about like greed or money or things like that like it's like reject them or I don't think something it's that, like that i don't think it? it's that like it's more abstract than that it's yes. more about just like corruption of the soul and like right sin i don't know it's not right. that interested in no i don't i don't yeah but he's he's looking for that he doesn't get it in he Apo, he, certainly well he thinks he's gonna get it in yavuz in yavuz but then yavuz cries too much well what happens is he cuts out yavuz's eye <laughs> yes sticks his tongue in it in the eye socket uh, i didn't watch it i skipped forward I. 30 seconds because i, I don't want to watch that shit didn't watch it um he says open the eyes of your heart don't let me down and then yavu's like false fucks the no he like has sex oh, with the mother butcher I, mother the... butcher crawls into the room she's naked she's naked she's wearing like palm fronds she's wearing a baphomet head like yep. mask and then they make him have sex with her she later gives birth to a rock <laughs> That's where we're at in this movie. But then uh, Baba is screaming at him so much that he has a seizure and dies. Yavos has a seizure and dies. So he failed. Second movie in a row where someone just like seizes themselves to death. To death. Um, so, yeah, this is just like my games. <laughs> um, uh, he cuts Ramsey's throat. I stopped taking notes at this point. I stopped. Yeah. After well, after is... I had to watch Yavuz like have sex with this woman. Yeah, I was. I was just done. like, I'm I was I'm like, done. I'm not like, interested anymore. Because here's the thing, 
I like looked at the time and I'm like, oh, there's 20 more minutes of this shit. It's yeah. so long. It's so long. And this it's not like, a very long movie. It's like an hour and a half. This isn't a scene of this movie. They spent half an hour in this one room where they're chained up and horrors are happening to them. Yeah, like, yeah. So then they flash back into the cafe one more time. Uh, Ramsey says the thing about like, I'll appear to then? you. Yes. Yeah, so like he, he's on the floor and he, his throat has been cut, which we have already seen is what, ha- is what happened to him from Baba. Um, Arda is talking to him. Arda's having realizations of what he needs to do, I guess. It's the epiphany of yes. how to beat Baba. And, and Baba it- is the one who's like, he's the one been sitting in the room the whole time with them also. Yeah. So then he comes out. Uh, after Ramsey's throat's been cut, his a key comes out of it. Because Arda, why? Because I don't, I don't, I don't know. Arda takes it. He plunges the key into Baba's keyhole-shaped tattoo. Baba's also wearing tons of locks. He's got locks all over him, like as a necklace, and also has like a on his back. And it's a keyhole in his forehead. Sounds like a like a good idea, like a good design for a Cenobite. Sounds like you know a that? metaphor for something. And so he plunges the key. Baba like falls backwards, and then <laughs> Arda picks up a stool. The stool that uh, that Baba has been standing on this whole time because he's so small, and just like beats him to death. Bats, bashes in him. slow motion, and nobody stops him. Nobody gives a shit. No, I mean like he's Nothing their matters. leader. But anyway, nobody stops him. He escapes. He runs out. As far as we're concerned, there's nobody else in the room at that point. Right. No, I mean, maybe that's what happened when he they, shoved the key into his head. I don't fucking no, they know. just forget. The, no, the, the fucking Can Eversault. What's his name? <laughs> the director. Can Evernal forgot that there were other people in this room. Yeah, so then Arda escapes. He runs out. There's a, there's a kind of a, a very Hellraiser shot of him outside of the house yeah. covered in blood. like, And his eyes are these two gleaming white spots in this like just blood covered person yeah he's shouting with happiness he's so happy that he escaped runs in the road gets hit by the truck the best shot of the movie is him running away i think it's beautiful the colors are great the cinematography is awesome i took a picture of that too i'll put it on twitter (laughs) um it's beautiful uh that he gets hit by the police van that he was in time loop and then he's dead i'm pretty sure what's the last what's the end of this movie i just realized i don't remember after he gets after he gets hit I think that's it. Is it just them sitting in the water? Yeah. All right. The end. Thanks, Turkey. <laughs> this is the eighth fucking movie you ever sent us? <laughs> Why are you doing that? No. We haven't discussed one extremely confusing element that I wish was more clear. Uh, are you going to talk about this whole other side plot with a family that has nothing to do with this movie? I am. <laughs> You're correct. When they get out of the van from crashing it into the water, they're just, they just have to walk because they've crashed the van. Yeah. And they encounter this family uh, of, I have to use that word, like vagabonds again. Yeah. Um, wearing robes, sitting around a fire. They have buckets of frogs. As you frogs do. make a, a lot of uh, early appearances in this movie, but never again after that. No payoff. Um, just, no reason just frogs. For so frogs. these people have frogs uh, in a bucket. Um, one of them is laughing at them for asking where they are. The main person in this group is the, is like the father seemingly. And he's very, he's got like real craggy face and he is just being very vague and strange. And he's not, I I don't even actually really remember what he says, but they're just being very like unhelpful yeah, and just kind of pointing the way to in Josh, which is what they're, the cops are looking for. Um, then when they're, they, they get one of them to show them the way this one guy is going to help them go. He provides this guy who helps them provides the best line of the movie, which is that by the time they get to in Josh, 
uh, he runs away. And as he's running away, he's like, fuck the police. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thank you for saying Same. what we're all thinking. Um, Even Turkish cops are bastards. I mean, yeah, uh, we know that. And um, but the most mysterious part of this movie is that they're when they're sitting on the fire, they're about to leave and go find in Josh. And the little girl looks up and it's the only thing in this movie that isn't captioned. There's no subtitles. Yeah. But she says something in French. In French that is there's also no payout for that at all yeah did you were we able to find anything on that nope i couldn't find anything about it nope it doesn't what? matter Who i want to know i want to know i don't i'm I sorry know. what did it's, she say it's probably not interesting i think it could be interesting this is the thing that i was gonna say about the frogs is that i ended up looking up the frogs by stephen sondheim <laughs> yes what potential point these frogs could have because whenever i see a scat of frogs you think of the Bible? I think of the Bible. I think about how they are, they're, they're signs of pestilence and plague, and it's like in Egypt. Um, this movie's not interested in that. No, but I did look up that frogs apparently are sacred in Islam. Oh. So that made me think maybe there was something there. Do you think this movie has a relationship to Islam? Well, Turkey is 98% Muslim. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming if this is making any theological claims at all, which it is because it's talking about hell, See, it has to be I don't agree. Muslim I think, and not Christian. I think this, well, it's Muslim and not Christian, but I think this is a horror movie conception of hell, not a theologically grounded one. Fair. I just think that all the frogs, there's something there, there's something there. Uh, They're frogs. Father is extremely religious. Um, and cultish. Sure, but cults are like religions. They're very connected. Sure. I just think there there is some element of it here. I, I wish I knew more about Islam to be able to connect them more. I tried to look up, like, what Islam's relationship to hell is. It seems very similar to Christianity, mm-hmm. rather than, like, the Jewish conception of hell is very different right. from Christianity. But um, Muslim hell seems a little bit closer, uh, at least from what I could, like, research. Um, so there's something there, but I don't know really what it is, besides the fact that this family, like... Uh, also on imdb not at all in the movie but on imdb this main guy in this little ragtag group he's called the father's servant so i don't know if that means that he like works for baba and that he's like the harbinger you know what i mean that he's like a guide this movie uh, or he's like sure, um, or he's sure. like in greek mythology he's like the what's it called where he takes you across the sticks yeah 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 Is his name? i think so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i was more uh, picturing him to be Sure, this movie gives us nothing to indicate that, and that's <laughs> fucking stupid. Okay. No, I'm serious. We have we've had to do so much extra. I was thinking about this. We have to do so much extra textual like referencing of Wikipedia and IMDb to even know what the hell's going on. Yes. That is interesting. If that is true, that is interesting. Um, why isn't it in this movie? The movie. Does why not is give there us no indication totally whatsoever? Right. Yes. And that's why I think that it's useless that we don't know what that little girl says. You know, why even put it in the movie then? If it doesn't yeah. matter, then why have it there? Why there. have that family there? To guide them to Ian Josh, like I, who cares? right? I think I don't. I don't know. I genuinely do not. I wish that there was more, because I think like like I say about a ton of the movies on this podcast. There's something they've got like grains, and I just wish that they did something with them. Yeah. Instead, we have just a bloody, bloody horror show, and I don't like gore is good for for what you do with it. Like yeah. I, I always say, Cronenberg gore. It's like the center of everything. 
I get it. I totally do. And this movie is very gruesome. It's very effective. But it's, it's so useless. Yeah, there's no, there's no payoff. If you don't, if you're, if you want to have gore, you have to tell a good story around it, and this movie doesn't. Yeah, uh, that. And if you want to have surrealism, you have to fucking be having fun. Yeah, that's my, that's my take. And like I said, like if you want to have a lot of horror, I want uh, gore and violence. I would. I would like there to be some beauty too, because that is an interesting juxtaposition. Or at least a reason for this darkness. You yes. know, there, there's there's movies that yes. are mostly gore, and there's they're making a statement. Right. Well, like we said, we have no normal. We have no yeah. normal with these people. With this, because the hooded figure, aka Baba, with this meat comes to this original restaurant, we know already that they are like basically in hell already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are, and the fact that like Safi is having a fucking meltdown in the bathroom, screaming at nothing. We know that's the first five minutes of this yeah. movie. Like we have nothing else. I yeah. I yeah. I right. think it's really poorly executed because of that. Yeah, I hear you. Do you want to talk about uh, Baskin? Sure. I I I understand raid more now because it's the police raid, but I was very dissatisfied with it when I first looked it up. Um, Baskin can also mean incursion, surprise, sudden attack, or descent in Turkish. That's what, you know, Google said. Yeah. Um, thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. Uh, descent was the most interesting to me, obviously, for the, you know, hell purposes. Right. Um, that it's less that they're, like, coming into raid and more that they're, like, descending into something. As an adjective, it also means dominant, overpowering, or heavy, which, strangely, is how I felt watching this movie. <laughs> like, too much, too heavy. So, that was interesting. I just, it's just a yeah. little tidbit. I like titles that mean things. I don't, well, you know, I mean, I think it's, it was a little bit corny for mind games, but, uh, this is totally off topic, but it's one of the reasons I love the title of Hidden Figures so much. It's like, it's a double meaning title. Yeah. And I adore that. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Anything else? Or can we, uh, hit this with a van and leave it in the link? <laughs> uh, I mean, we already kind of talked about, I was, I wanted to say like this, it does, it did remind me of a lot of other, um, American seventies, eighties horror films. I got, I just kind of wish it was more like them. You said Hellraiser. Uh, this movie was compared to Nightmare on Elm Street, which I don't really By the understand. one person on Wikipedia. This guy loves it. Um, I don't think it's anything like Nightmare on Elm Street, except that there are dreams and children in it. That's it. Yeah, there aren't a lot of children. Though. There's it's one weird. child. Yeah, it's just him. I don't know. It's mostly in the music, less in the filmmaking, but yeah. um, the gore feels older. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Uh, send this one straight to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Turkey. <laughs> We're like zero for two on foreign language films on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, like Highlane was okay. Ooh, I think my, I think my, this. my guess, I my my love for it fades day by day. I think I don't know why. I think when I watched it, I was like, yeah. And now I'm like, what is that movie even about? Well, if you listen to our episode on Highlane, you can hear ourselves talking ourselves out of liking it. That's over true. the course of the episode. That's true. That is what happened. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I like it more than this. This was yes, fully unpleasant. I agree. The characters, at least in that, there's women in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> there's none in here except for fucking Mother Butcher. Who gets... I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready to uh, spin that roulette? I'm nervous, as always. Yeah. All right. Next week's movie will be... Asmodexia? You're laughing. Do you know this movie? <laughs> no, that's a hell of a title. <laughs> oh, it's an exorcism movie. So, 2014's Asmodex... Asmodex... Asmodexia. <laughs> We're going to say it so much less next week. Asmodexia. Tune in to hear us butcher more names. <laughs> names we can't pronounce them. Uh, so more exorcisms. Can't wait. I'm uh, tentatively excited. It's a good poster. 
It's creepy. So until right. next week, you can always find us at our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at Now Screaming. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps more people find us, which is always good. Please do. Thanks, Wes Craven, for... Making Nightmare on Elm Street, which is inexplicably <laughs> mentioned on the Wikipedia page for this movie. But a million times better and unrelated to Com- Baskin. Completely unrelated to Baskin. But thank you for making it anyway. <laughs> thank you to whoever just shoved that on this Wikipedia page for no reason. <laughs> I don't know why you did that. This well, movie's unrelated. I, I don't... Bye, Baskin. Bye forever. See ya. In hell. In hell. All right. Till next Til week. Till next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.